I went into the month of September thinking that I was going to be doing standalone messages. Because I, sometimes in September I'll do that. I'll just be like, oh, what are some things we should talk about? Like, what's going on in the community? Well, it's ended up actually being a Holy Spirit series that I've kind of ended up, unintentionally kind of ended up doing. Because I think that's what the Holy Spirit's been doing in our, like he's been doing stuff in our midst. And so just kind of responding to that. And so we've even had a, um, a theme verse throughout this series. Because when I do a series, oftentimes I'll have a theme verse that, that we go back to every week that's kind of the foundation. And so our theme verse has been Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, uh, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And so we've talked about how this means the Holy Spirit is available for us, for our lives, that we don't have to live by our own power and our own might, because we know that's only going to take us so far, that the Holy Spirit is available. The, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, the, uh, the, the Greek word is pneuma, and it basically means the breath of God. And so what that means is what's available to each of us is that God's wind could be at our back as we live life, kind of filling our sails, propelling us forward, enabling us to live not by our own might and power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about powerful prayers. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, and actually I think this is a very important message, it's a very important thing for us to understand, because we talk a lot here about the fact that you were made on purpose for a purpose, and we want to help you discover your purpose, we want to help you walk in it, that you can know God, that you can discover your gifts, that you can, you know, that you can, that you can find freedom in your life, that you can make a difference in this world, and, and so understanding your spiritual gifts is a really important component of that. 1 Corinthians 12.1 it says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so my hope coming out of this message, where obviously I could do a deep dive into spiritual gifts, we could talk about it for weeks, or do like a conference or a series of classes, but my hope for this is that we'll, we, we won't be uninformed, that we'll have a little bit of a, of a better understanding of spiritual gifts, what that means for us, and that hopefully we'll even be a little bit excited about what that means for us, what, what the gifts that God has for you. And so before we get into this, I want to talk about the fact that the God that we worship, the God that we serve, is an incredibly generous God who loves to give gifts. You didn't hear me. Let me say that again. The God that we serve, the God that we love, is an incredibly generous God who loves to give gifts. There you are. Okay, we're good. Uh, help me out today. Help me out. You guys, you guys help me. And, and actually, the more amens I get, the faster I preach. So you'll, you know, you'll be able to catch the one o'clock football game. Um, so, so let me just quickly talk about the, the gifts that God gives, the three kind of important gifts that God, get, that God gives. The first is the gift of eternal life, right? The most important gift of all is the gift that God gives of eternal life. It says this in, uh, in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And uh, I, I think, by the way, I noticed the kids going. I think Charles forgot to release the, the teenagers, junior and senior high, uh, to go to your class. So any, anyone in junior and senior high, follow. There's kids who are going. You can follow them. And if you're like 40, don't. You have to stay here and listen to me. I'm sorry, but it'll be all right. Um, but anyway, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Jesus paid the price 
for us to have eternal life, right? He paid the price, and we just receive. It's a gift that God gives us. And it's, this, it's so different. Christianity is different from every other religion because every other religion, and I don't think there's an exception to this, it's all a variation of here are the things that you need to do in order to be accepted by God. So, so the Jewish people, they have the law. Uh, you, uh, Muslims have the, uh, the five pillars of Islam. Buddhists have the eightfold path of Buddhism. And every, you know, it's all like, okay, here are the things that you need to do to, to be right with God. Christianity is different. It's a gift. It's a gift that God gives you, right? We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And I know that some of the people that I'm talking to today in the three services and those, I want to say hello to those who are on the live stream. Good to have you worshiping with us. Um, that I'm going to be talking to some people who haven't opened up that gift yet. That maybe you kind of come to church on a regular basis, but you still haven't opened up your heart yet to Jesus. And maybe today will be the day. You are just one heartfelt prayer away from opening up the most important gift of all the gifts. And you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to do that. You don't even have to wait for me to get to the end of the service. You can right now, just in your seat or in your home, wherever you are, Pray a simple prayer to say, Jesus, I want this gift. I want the eternal life that you offer. The second gift that God gives is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we talked a couple of weeks ago about how God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He wants to immerse us with the Holy Spirit. We talked about how, how um, the very last thing that Jesus said before he ascended to the Father was this. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, he said, he said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we talked a couple weeks ago about how all of us have the Spirit, but God wants to fill us with the Spirit, wants to immerse us, wants to baptize. That's what baptize means. It means to simply be immersed. And so God wants to immerse us in the Spirit. So I am actually really excited about our Holy Spirit night on Friday night because we haven't had one of those since before the pandemic. And so Friday night, 7 o'clock, right here in this auditorium, we're going to worship God. We're going to do ministry. And, and I, I invited Mike Terigiano. Some of you know him. He is... Um, a pastor in New York City, really gifted in ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he and I are going to kind of tag team ministry and see what God wants to do. And my hope and my prayer is that, is that some of you, maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we're hoping that you're going to be baptized, that you're going to be immersed. People like me and many of us, we want to be refilled, right? We want to, the, the being immersed, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't think it's a one-time thing. I think it's something that God does repeatedly through our life. And the third gift, and what I want to talk about today, is spiritual gifts. Now, the verse that I talked about before, where Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts, according to a study a few years ago that was done by Fuller Theological Seminary, most of the church, most of the people who follow Jesus are uninformed about spiritual gifts. According to that survey, 80% of Christians didn't know their spiritual gifts or their spiritual gifts and weren't, you know, weren't functioning intentionally in their spiritual gifts. And so what Romans 12, 6 says is that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So you have a spiritual gift. Each and every one of us, we have spiritual gifts. The word for gifts is the word charisma. And that's where if you've ever heard the term 
uh, that's a charismatic church or that's a charismatic Christian. That's taken from spiritual gifts, right? Charisma is gifts. And it means that it's a church that really leans into some of the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit as part of their culture, as part of the way they do church. Uh, but what's interesting is the word grace, where it says we have gifts, we have charisma, we have grace, that word is charis. It's actually a root of charisma. So it shows that these gifts that we all have are, are things that we don't earn. It's not like, you know, like leveling up in a video game. God has given each and every one of us, uh, has given each and every one of us gifts. Now, now let me say this, because I think it's important for us to understand, that, that I believe there are two types of spiritual gifts. And so, you know, if I had more time, I could flesh this out a little bit more. But I think that there are, uh, in the moment, ministry gifts that God gives us. Right, So that when you're praying for someone or you're ministering to someone, God might give you a gift of healing or he might give you a gift of prophecy so that you, you deliver God's uh, specific word to that person or a word of knowledge or discerning of spirits. I think that's something <laughs> that's available to each and every one of us. Uh, and, and John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, he talked about it this way. He said, it's kind of like you're a plumber, right? And you get called to fix a sink. And so you have your toolbox, but it's empty. And so you go, and you realize you need a plunger, and so you reach in, and there's a plunger, and you use it to plunge the sink. Or you realize you need a wrench, and you reach in, and the wrench is there, and you use it to, you know, to fix the sink. That when it comes to in-the-moment ministry, God gives us what we need in the moment. And so a big part of our prayer ministry training, School of Kingdom ministry, Holy Spirit nights is to teach you how to learn how to receive those in-the-moment gifts of the Holy Spirit that's available for all of us. So there are in-the-moment gifts, but then there's also constituted gifts, and that's what I'm talking about today, constituted gifts. These are gifts that God gives us that I think each and every one of us has it, and they kind of shape the direction of our life, right? And, and so, uh, for example, I, I hope that I have the gift of preaching and teaching. I've been doing this a long time. I, I hope I have that gift. I hope for your sake, as well as my sake, that I have that gift. But you know what? Like, it's interesting. When I, when I look back at my life, like, I've always liked being in front of people talking. Like, I was never nervous. Like, they say most people, the biggest fear that they have is public speaking. I was always like, give me the mic. Give me the mic. I like it. I enjoy it. I remember when I was little, in elementary school, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, our class would always do a play every year. And so from like kindergarten on, I always had the lead in the, in the play. And so I remember in fourth grade, you know, we had the auditions or whatever. And, uh, and so the cast list kind of came out and I didn't have the lead. And I remember going, like, I was like, what in the world is going on here? And I went to Mrs. Ehrenfeld, my fourth grade teacher. I went to Mrs. Ehrenfeld and I was like, I don't have the lead. Like, the world is upside down. What is going on? And so I think that what ended up happening was that uh, uh, we ended up doing two performances, and I had the lead in one, and the other kid had the lead in the other. So I, I kind of say that to say, I guess there's a dark side to the gifts that we've been given, but, uh, but that's something that's just always been with me. And so maybe you're, you're the type of person that, if you're at a party, and you're just chit-chatting with people, and you're having a nice time, but you notice someone over in the corner who's sad. Like most people, they're like, oh, there's a sad person or whatever. They don't even, it's not even on their radar screen and they go back to chit-chatting. You're drawn to that sad person, right? I mean, you're like, I can't focus. I, I have to go help that person. 
You have the gift of mercy. You know, maybe you're someone who always notices the little things. You have no desire to be up front and to be, you know, with a microphone. But you, you, you want to help with all the little details that are necessary to pull off an event or, or to make something happening, make something happen. And so you have the gift of helps. You know, maybe you have the gift of leadership. Right, that that uh, you've always, when you were younger, you know, and your friends were kind of figuring out on a Friday night what to do, and people were like, well, maybe we should do this, or maybe we should do that, or you were the one who always said, let's do this, and so that leadership gift has kind of manifested all throughout your life. We all have them. The Bible says, I think there's about 21 different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and so what happens is when we get these, when we begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered with the Holy Spirit. These gifts that we have, get they, they take on a supernatural ability. And the purpose of it is that so together the church can accomplish the mission of God. We can advance his purposes in the world. And so this is what it means for us to be the body of Christ. This is what makes the church such a potential force. For the church to really function the way God wants it wanted to function, it's not just about some people who have public gifts, given those gifts on a stage on a Sunday morning and everyone else just kind of watches it. We are all called to minister. And the last thing that the devil wants is for a church that's full of people who know their spiritual gifts and are activated by the Holy Spirit to use their gifts to accomplish God's purposes in the world. The, the devil kind of works overtime to keep us from doing that. And what's interesting, if you look at the kind of big picture view, you know, from the, from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, you, you see that in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, it wasn't that the Spirit was poured out on everyone, right? So you had like the priests, and the priests, they, were, they had spiritual gifts to minister to God and on behalf of the people. You had prophets who would be raised up, and they had this gift of prophecy, and they would deliver God's message to the people. But, but other, like regular folks, didn't have gifts. It was just kind of specific people for specific purposes. But, the, but prophets in the Old Covenant said there's going to be a day when it's not going to be like that. There's going to be a day when the Holy Spirit's poured out on everyone and the Holy Spirit is animating all these gifts that we have. And so the Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, the day that the church was launched and the Holy Spirit came, when he got up to explain to everybody what was going on, when he went way out into the crowd and started to preach, he focused on this prophecy from this, this guy named Joel. Which, when Peter's saying, hey, here's what's happening with the, with the life of the church and what's going on right now, is it's, it's now all about, now that we're connected to Jesus, now the Holy Spirit's poured out on everyone. It says this in Acts 2, 17 to 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. This was radical, right? Because at that time, culture was very kind of contained. You're here and you're here and this is how everyone relates to everyone. And it was very hierarchical and there was a lot of injustice. And what God said is, I'm going to blow that up. I'm going to blow that up. When my spirit's poured out, that's going to get blown up. And, and like the old and the young and men and women and servants and everybody, I'm going to blow up all the categories because my spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. And so the church functioned with that for three or four hundred years. 
And the church expanded and the church grew and the church was a body and the church was accomplishing all of God's purposes. Then for whatever reason, things got a little more political, things got a little more entrenched and the church went back to like the old covenant way of doing things. Like even they came up with terms that aren't anywhere in the Bible. So some people might say about me that, that I'm clergy, right? Clergy, that word is nowhere in the Bible. And then what it says about people who are, who are part of a church, they're the laity or they're lay people. And that word is nowhere in the Bible. And so what that's done, that kind of bad language is it's made people say, well, I'm just a lay person. I guess I'm going to lay around. And so rather than, than knowing your gift and using your gift to help accomplish God's purposes in the world, you think, well, I'll leave that to the clergy. But that was never God's intention. And so to walk us through this and give us a basic understanding, I've got three main points here that I want to make. So the first one and you can open up your app if you have the app. I always put fill in the blank notes with all the scripture verses in the outline so you can, you can open that up. But the first is that God has called each of us to minister to the world around us. God has called each of us to minister to the world around us. Now another title that, I, that people give me is that I'm a minister. And that's true. I mean, I'm a minister, but not in the way that they say that. Because my ministry is to equip you to do ministry. That's what a pastor is supposed to do. A pastor is supposed to be equipping the saints for ministry, not just kind of doing all the ministry. And so what God wants to do, what he's counting on, the way that he planned this out was that every single one of us, we would know our spiritual gift and the Holy Spirit would animate us and strengthen us and we would use the gift that we've been given to help accomplish God's purposes in the world. And so I'm telling you, when you discover that, it is really fun. It's not easy sometimes, but it's always fun because there's nothing better than to realize that, okay, there's this, this way that I am, this way that I've always been, and I just kind of thought it was my personality or it was this, that, or the other thing, but now I've realized this is a spiritual gift that God has given me, and the Holy Spirit is animating me now, it's strengthening me, and he's using me to make a difference in the world. I'm feeling that the Ruach of God helping me live my life in a way that really makes a difference. This is what I was made for. It says this in Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is an incredible verse. I love that verse because what it says is that God thought, like this is why like your purpose and knowing your gifting, knowing what God is calling you to is so essential because God thought about what he wanted you to do before he made you. I mean, let that sink in. That's how important this is. Like, God didn't just kind of make you and be like, oh, what am I going to do with this one? I don't know. what. I, you know, what, what let me see the list again. Oh, I guess I'll make him a preacher. It, it doesn't work that way. God, before he created you, he thought about what you were going to do. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Right? You have a spiritual gift. I have a spiritual gift. We all have spiritual gifts animated by the Holy Spirit so we can love each other, so we can help each other, and also so that together we can accomplish God's purposes in the world. And so what I'm asking you to do is to get into the game. 
get into the game, right? Everybody gets to play. That's one of the phrases that came out of the early days of the Vineyard Movement, and it was from this truth that everyone gets to play. And so discover your spiritual gift. Know your spiritual gift. Come to the Holy Spirit night on Friday and ask God for a fresh baptism, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit so that together we can be empowered. We can be God's empowered church where everyone fits into their place so that we can change the world together. And so the first point is that, that you're called to be a minister. The second is every gift God has given is unique and important. Every gift God has given is unique and important. A lot of times we compare. That's what the Bible says. Don't compare yourself with other people because they got their gifts and you got your gifts. And don't be like, oh, I wish I could sing like that. Well, that's their gift. Or I wish I could, you know, that, that person's a natural born leader. I wish I was like that. Don't do that. And don't project your gifts onto other people. Don't say, well, I'm, I'm a leader and everyone should be a leader. Well, no, that's not how it works. Some people lead and other people kind of follow where the leader's going. That's how God designed it. And so what we need to do is we need to understand, it says in 1 Peter 4.10, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so we are together, we come together as the body of Christ, and we let God's generosity flow through us as we learn how to minister together. Now, I heard this preacher give this illustration, so I'm going to steal it. It was a good illustration for this point. And so uh, we have something coming up, actually, in November. We, we have our, our team vineyard dinner. And we haven't had one of those since before the pandemic. And so those of you who are part of Team Vineyard, you'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. But that's something that we would do every year where anyone who serves in this church, whether they're a life group leader or on the worship team, prayer ministry team, welcome team, kids church, whatever it is, a food bank, whatever it is, we get together. So there's a lot of people there. We have a great meal. The staff usually does something to embarrass themselves. That's been a part. I don't know if that'll happen again in November, but we've done some ridiculous things. Uh, so we could laugh a little bit. And, uh, and so we're going to have that in November. So imagine that you're there and you've eaten a great meal and the staff embarrass themselves. And, uh, and so then you go to get some desserts. They bring out the desserts and they all look really good. So you load up your plate with all the desserts. And as you're walking back to the table, the, the plate is like tilted and starts to fall. And so you end up like falling down and your desserts fly everywhere. Now, if you have the gift of mercy, your response is going to be to run right over to the person and be like, hey, let me, let me are you okay? Are you okay? Are, let, me, let me help you. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you. Are you good? If you have the gift of preaching, you might say, well, I wonder what God is trying to teach us through this experience. If you have the gift of giving, you might say, oh, here, take my dessert. If you have the, uh, the gift of serving, you'll say, let me clean that up. If you have the gift of teaching, right, which is a little different from preaching, you might say, well, the reason this happened is because the plate was out of balance, and if everything had been more evenly distributed, this never would have happened. If you have the, uh, the gift of exhortation, the gift of encouragement, you're going to say, hey, hey, listen, don't be embarrassed. Get up again. You're great. Everybody loves you. If you have the gift of administration, you'll see that situation, and you'll say, all right, well, you know what? Maria, you get the mop, and Jim, you clean it up, and Joe, you get the person another dessert. So it's an illustration of, of how the body functions. And so you need to know your gift so the body can function as a body. And so you might say, how do I discover my spiritual gift? And so let me just take a moment and explain something that actually is like a really important essential element of, of how we're trying to work out the calling that God has in this church. And it's the growth track. 
and you hear about the growth track, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's a series of three classes that we do, and we repeat it every single month. And there's really two purposes that we have with the growth track. The first is that you would get connected to the church. And so that's what step one of the growth track is, is is for you to, you know, I teach that class and you find out about the history of the vineyard and and you get to, you know, know like who who everyone is on staff and get to know our, our values and our practices and kind of how we do church so that you can make a decision to be connected to the church. Because we don't want you to be like, the, you know, the body. And I think about like the Adams family, and I don't remember what the name was of the hand that would just kind of run around without a body. We don't want you like a thing. Yeah, thing. We don't want you like thing. We want you to get connected to an arm and a shoulder and head and body, knees and toes, knees and toes. So we want you to get connected to the body. The second step is that you discover your design. And Pastor Marianne teaches that class, and she does a wonderful job with it. And it's an opportunity for you to understand more about spiritual gifts. And so she goes over all of the, all of the different spiritual gifts that are talked about in the New Testament. There's a, there's a process of discovery where there's a spiritual gifts test, as well as talking about your passions and some of your experiences to kind of get a sense, to begin to discern what your spiritual gifts are. And that's a really fun class. People love it. They're, you know, it's really just this, this exciting kind of self-discovery. And then the third step is that we, we have, we call it join the team. And so the third step is just uh, that we get all the different ministries that we have. We have all the different leaders that there, and you can find out about all these different ministries and find out which one best matches your gifting so you can get involved, so you can take your place in the life of the church and use the gifts that God has given you, animated by the Holy Spirit, to help fulfill God's purposes to change the world. And so it says this in Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. This is an incredible verse. And if you've been around the church for a while, you've probably heard this verse. But I want to encourage you, hear it with fresh ears. Because it's really remarkable. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I mean, isn't that amazing? That God says, like, he knit you together. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God wrote a book about you before you even lived your life. All the days ordained were written before one of them came to be. That's amazing. And I'm sure that some of you, if you're, you know, to be honest, maybe some of you are really disappointed in your life. Maybe you feel kind of bored. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of like checking off days on the calendar. Maybe you feel like that old U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so what you're doing is you're looking out there and you're thinking, well, if I just found another relationship or maybe if I moved to another city or maybe if I did this or maybe if I did that, I I won't have this feeling of of angst and, and rootlessness. But the answer is not out there. The answer is here. The answer is in Psalm 139. The answer is knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God ordained your days. You need to discover your purpose, discover God's plan, and begin working that out. Begin walking that out. That's where fulfillment comes. That's where purpose comes. That's where abundant life, that's where abundant life comes. God has planned out your life. And listen, all of us, part of our journey is there was a time, there was a moment where we ripped the pen out of God's hands and we're like, God, I'll take it from here. And we start writing our own story. 
And, and listen, for most of us, that's like the tragic part of our story. But here's the incredible news, right? The God that we serve, once you give him back that pen, I don't care how much you've messed up your life. And I may be talking to some people here this morning. You may be here very discouraged because maybe you really blew up your life. Like you took that pen and you started just writing this crazy story. But I want to tell you, once you put that pen, you give it back to God, you put it in his hands, he can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He will, he will make the chapters fit. He'll even take that part. He'll even take the crazy part of the story that you wrote and he'll work it in to cause all things to work together for good. And he's going he's gonna to bring you to that final chapter that is everything that he wrote, that he ordained from before you were even created. See, our God is a, he is a God of redemption. He's a God who redeems us. And so when you discover it, when you really walk in it, when you begin, when, when what I'm talking about here becomes real to you, you will be able to say, you know what, I was made for this. And my dream for this church, my hope for this church is that we would be a church that's full of people who say, you know what, man, I, I, I found a life-giving relationship with Jesus, and then I discovered my design, I realized the gifts God gave me, I started in just maybe simple ways serving God in the church. I was faithful and little, and then God gave me more. And you know what? Listen, once you start with the Holy Spirit using your spiritual gifts for His purposes, who knows where the trajectory of that is going to lead? I mean, it could lead to new careers. It could lead to new ministries. It could, you know, it could really change things in a huge way. But if you would be able to say, I found what it was I was made for, I realize now I was made for this. And so what I would love, I would love for us to be a church full of people who say, you know what, I love to organize things. I am really good at organizing things. I actually, I have this, I don't, but I have the spiritual gift of organization. And so now what I'm doing is I'm using that gift to help organize the food bank. And so this thing that I've always been good at and I love, empowered by the Holy Spirit, now I'm able to help 3,000 families every single month get food. I was made for this. Or maybe you'll say, you know what, I've got the gift of exhortation. I've got the gift of mercy. And, uh, and so, you, you know, I lead a life group, and, and, and I love encouraging the people in my life group. And once a month, we go to a nursing home. And the residents there, they desperately need encouragement. They desperately need exhortation. And so we go, and we exhort them, and we encourage them. And that is the highlight of my month. I was made for this. Or maybe you might say that, you know what, I, I, I love behind-the-scenes stuff, and I'm really good at technology, and I get wires, and I understand how things work together, and I don't get freaked out by my computer, and so I serve on the tech team, and I have the, I have the gift of helps, and so I'm, I'm helping facilitate a, a worship service that people can connect with God and, and experience God with no distractions, and then that message kind of goes out to the world, you know, through the internet, and uh, I, I love it, man. I, I was made for this. I'm hoping that in the years to come, Part of the vision that God has really been stirring up in me is that I'm hoping over the next 10, 15 years that we start 10 new congregations, that we start all over North Jersey, all over this area, that we start new congregations. And I'm hoping that maybe some of you will discover that God has given you the gift of being a pastor. And you'll be able to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I discovered that God called me as a pastor, and that surprised everybody I went to high school with. But, but God gave me this gift. God called me to do it, and, and I've been developed, and I've been trained, and I've been released, and now I'm pastoring people. I was made for this. 
See, I want us to be a church full of people who have discovered what God is up to in their life and where they fit so that the body would begin to truly function as a body. And I'll tell you, if we as a church, and so many of us get this and we're, we're walking it out, but if more of us can get on board with this, what God can do in and through the North Jersey Vineyard, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things God has prepared for those who love him. We talk about that verse when it comes to heaven, and that's true for heaven, but I think it's true for now as well. I think that God wants to do so much more, but so much of it has to do, remember Peter on that day of Pentecost, he was like, the Holy Spirit's being poured out. This is essential. This is so important. And so the third point is this, the gifts God has given me helps me understand who I really am. The gifts God has given, given me helps me understand who I really am. I, I believe that we culturally, we are kind of going through this identity crisis. I think the pandemic really messed us up. You know, I think that so many people have are like, I don't know, I, I want a different job. I want to live somewhere else. I don't know if I want to be married to this person anymore. So, so many people have like had these identity issues kind of stirred up. It doesn't help with social media. Because we're, we're trying to project an identity out to the world through our Instagram posts or we want to look this way and we want people to think we've got the perfect family and the perfect house and the perfect dog and the perfect vacations and so we're projecting that out. I think there's a lot of, you know, identity stuff that comes up. There's all these people like, what pronouns am I going to use? Or, or all these different kind of identities, these gender identities. And I'm not saying this to shame anyone or anything like that. But I, I think, though, that we can all agree, because we all have identity issues, every single one of us, that if we believe Psalm 139, right, Psalm 139 that says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, God is the one, our creator is the one who has the ultimate answers to the questions we ask about who we really are. And so if you want to understand your identity, if you want to understand, because the reality is, listen, we've all been, we've all been lied to. We've all been lied to. We, maybe you were lied to by your parents, you know, and, and the way that that lie kind of manifested is your parents said, said, hey, you've got to do this and this and this, and that's what a good son or a good daughter of mine is going to do. But maybe that's not what God designed you for. And so then that's a lie. Well, you know, the, your peers have lied to you. The culture has lied to you. Hollywood lies to us all the time. We have, we all have these identity issues, and God is the one who can sort it out. God is the one who has the ultimate answers to the identity questions that we have. It says this in Romans 12, 3 to 6. Paul wrote, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Now, clearly, this is a passage that's talking about spiritual gifts and the body working together, but it's also a passage that is dealing with identity issues. You don't see that when you read the translation, but if you get into some of the Greek words, you can see that. For example, where it says, do not think more highly of yourself. The Greek word is hooperphreneo, and it simply means to have an improper view of yourself, that you don't see yourself right, that you don't see yourself the way God sees you. And so maybe you're hooperphreneo, you don't have a right view, and so you're pursuing goals and things in your life that don't line up with what God wants you to pursue. And then what it says is we should think of ourselves with sober judgment. 
That actually, I think, is a terrible translation. I'm not a Greek-like scholar, but, but the, words, the word that's translated sober is sophroneo, and it literally means having a right mind. And it's the same word that, Jesus, that was used when, uh, when Jesus healed the guy who was afflicted by evil spirits who ran around in the tombs, and, and it says that after Jesus healed him, he was sophroneo. He was in his right mind. And so we all need, like our, our, our life of discipleship and the journey with Jesus is, is going from hooperphroneo to sophroneo. That we go from not having a right mind to having a right mind. It says, you know, that it says in the passage, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And I think this means that we allow the one who created us to give us the correct view of who we are. And so maybe we could paraphrase this verse. Do not have the wrong view of who you are, but rather be set free and put in your right mind by allowing the one who created you to show you who you are and what you were created to be and to do. And so God, you know, when we're not just talking here about spiritual gifts so we can get jobs done in the church. That's not what we're talking about. Yes, an aspect of it is so that we can be the body and that we can be the living stones that are... God uses so many metaphors in the Bible about the people of God, but it all comes back to each and every one of us having a unique calling, having unique giftings, working together, collaborating to change the world, to see the kingdom of God come. But it goes deeper than that. Because it's connected to the core questions you have of identity. The core questions you have about what is your life about? What is it that you're pursuing? And so if we understand that God calls each and every one of us to minister to the world around us, that each ministry that God has given us is unique and important, and as we understand our role, as we understand the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do, we're going to have a better understanding of who we are. And I think that really brings us to, Jesus said, if, if the sun sets you free, then you're really free. And I think what we're talking about here is the freedom, the freedom that's offered to us. And, and so how understanding your spiritual gifts is so essential to that. And I just think that maybe if there's some of us here and you've been, you've been feeling discouraged about your life or you've been feeling aimless or you've been feeling like, you know, this, there, there's got to be more and I don't know what it is. And d just resist the temptation to, to look everywhere out there, to run around like a chicken with your head cut off and come to God and say, God, you're the one who created me. You're the one who made me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in my mother's womb. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Lord, show me your plan. Show me your purpose. Show me what you have for me. Because I think the more that we discover that, the more we're going to live with joy, the more we're going to live with strength, the more we're going to live with purpose. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God. Your creation, Lord, your your fatherness of each and every one of us is so amazing, God. It's so overwhelming. And Lord, I just pray, God, that in the weeks and months ahead, God, I pray that you would help all of us, God, those of us who know our spiritual gifting, that we would come to a new level of ministering in your power and your authority, Lord, having your breath, your wind fill our sails. And God, I pray, I ask that this Friday night, 
Lord, I pray that you would be poured out, that your Holy Spirit would be poured out in our midst, that you would meet us in a powerful way, and that we would be baptized, that we would be immersed in your Spirit. And God, I pray that you would raise up, Lord, Lord, those who have the gift of encouragement, let them encourage. Those who have the gift of pastoring, let them pastor. Those who have the gift of helps, let them help. God, those who have the gifts that you've called us to, Lord, may they not only find expression in this church, may they, may they be something that informs the way we live our life because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, I pray that if there's anyone here, Lord, who has not yet opened up the gift of eternal life that you have where all of this begins, God, I pray that they would sense by your spirit right now that you're knocking on the door of their heart and you're saying, I have more for you. I have more for you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I created you. I love you. I have a plan for you. And the plan is, the, God's plan is way better than your plan. And God is inviting you into that plan. And it starts with you accepting God's free gift of salvation. And so if you're ready to do that, just keep your, keep your eyes closed. And don't even have to say it out loud, but just say something along the lines of, Lord Jesus, I need you. I've been, I've been writing my own story. I've been doing my own thing. And I don't want to do that anymore. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead and that you're here now. And so I ask you to forgive all of my sins. I accept your free gift of salvation. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit and help my life to get on the path that you preordained for me because I want to follow you from here on out. I declare that you are my Lord and I'm going to follow you. Just keep your eyes closed. But if you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer here this morning. Okay. I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. On your connection card, uh, if you have the physical card, you can check off that you decided to become a follower of Jesus. And, and just give the connection card to the person on the way out. And uh, we got some books. We're back to sending stuff to people. We didn't send stuff to people for a while, but now we're sending things. So we'll send you some books and some things that can help you on the beginning of this journey. I'll reach out to you and just, just connect to see if, how we can encourage you to take your next steps. If you don't have the physical connection card, you can text FOLLOW to 201-584-7188, and all those same things will happen. All right, we're going we're gonna to close with an opportunity for ministry time. We've got some people over here who are ready to pray for you. Listen, a couple things. If you, if you want prayer for your ministry, uh, maybe you know your gifts and you're operating in them, let someone pray for you that you'll be filled with a fresh sense of God's power and God's strength. If you've been discouraged, if you've been in that place of like still trying to find what you're looking for, let somebody help you get your eyes on God and his plans for you. Whatever your needs are, whether it's physical healing, whatever it is, God is present, God is here, God is moving. And so let somebody, let somebody pray with you. Because Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, I'm right there in your midst. And so we would love to, to pray with you this morning for whatever your needs are. All right, don't forget to give your connection cards to welcome team members on the way out. Uh, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. And I hope that we'll see you this week at, 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 at some point for our uh, final week of 21 days of prayer. And, and in case you can't tell, we have a pretty high level of expectation for what God's going to do this Friday when we come together uh, to really seek him. So I hope to see you there as well. God bless you. Have a great week.
to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed Showing that God is love Yeah.